I'm Lindsay with Wild Root Flower Company. And I'm Shannon from Bloom Hill Farm. Over the last six years, we've leaned on each other as we grew our farms into the profitable six-figure farms they are today. We want you to join us each week as we have real, honest conversations about life and business. And we promise you'll leave feeling inspired and your farming toolbox will be filled with actionable strategies you can implement at any stage in your business. Learn from our mistakes as we talk business, marketing, and growing techniques to help you create the farm of your dreams. So let's roll up our sleeves and get the dirt on flowers. Hi guys. Happy Friday. Welcome to another episode of the Dirt on Flowers. I am marching into my last flower week. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we're pretty much like ending it this week. So this, this is, what's today's date? (laughs) Wednesday the 10th? No, the 11th? Mm -hmm. October 11th. I think like from this point forward, I've decided after the first two weeks in October, I'm just like not promising anything because it's way yeah. too stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is like our last week of Acme grocery stuff. This is like our last market is on Saturday. Um, I know. So I'm excited. Yeah. No frost <laughs> yet for you? No, no. I mean, it got kind of cold last night. Like we're getting to like 37, 38 at night, but it's going to warm up here soon a little bit. So then we're not seeing lows till, you know, probably for another three weeks. So we probably won't get, are you, you going until like you actually get a frost? Well, we, um, we got down to 36 last night. Yeah. So and- last night was cold. Yeah. So yeah. I, it was funny. I was actually, I was laying there and I thought we, I had had, um, seen 39 to 40 yeah. all week. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that's fine, you know. And uh, we had finished labeling dahlias up top, but we hadn't done the U-pick. And I actually mm-hmm. have a wedding next weekend. Yes. And um, I know, right? It's, uh, <laughs> it's like, why do we do it? Yeah, I know, why? I don't know. And so we don't guarantee mixed buckets after like the yeah. first week of October. We don't do that. Mm-hmm. That being said, I still do the weddings, but I was laying there and I pulled up the weather and like, oh, it's going to get a lot colder than I thought. And then yeah. I had this moment of like, I need to get the irrigation. I was going to pull irrigation out, you know, to like get for, to have them stretch through to get to the wedding and mm-hmm. overhead irrigation and all this. And then I was like, I just, nah. I don't really feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> like, we'll I deal with it in yeah. the morning. I, I know. know. I was just like, I don't have it in me actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but we didn't get it. I did get up like very prepared to just, did you have a mush of dahlias, but it didn't, it, it was patchy in a few places, but I was like, yeah, eh. yeah, I know we're we live still on. living to see another day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Judd was in bed last night. He's like, oh, it's, yeah, it's getting a lot colder than And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> like, I haven't cut for my weddings, like a little communication. We need to go back and listen to our farming with your <laughs> partner episode. <laughs> Like uh, outs of communication would be nice. <laughs> so I had the freak out and I'm like, okay, fine. I'm like, I'm just, this is exactly what I did. I'm like, I'm just going to get my clothes on and I'm going to go out and I'm going to cover the whites, the blushes. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hold on there, little missy. <laughs> you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> um, but I'm like, okay, well, I mean, how serious is this thing? Like, do I need to go cover the things that I need or not? And he's like, nah, it'll be fine. I think it's going to be fine. It was fine. But yeah. That's good. Good thing. Yeah, I know. So. I know it's uh, those those October commitments, especially yeah. in our zone, is just really hard to. I'm officially you know. done. Je- I yeah, I'm pretty tired. If I'm being honest, <laughs> <laughs> even though, but even okay, beyond whether I have flowers still going or not, there is stuff's just getting weird out there. Yeah, what happens to the celosia? Have you I don't seen? Know. It just it turns it just, strange. It turns into an alien. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it just gets these long tendrils yes. on it, these like wispy things. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. I have yeah. my uh, my family just came back in town. They're in town for my sister and my Aww. niece and her husband, and they're in for a wedding. And so I have them out collecting seed. Today. Like some <laughs> of my favorite celosia. I was like, yeah, yes. I'll just give them something to do. They're out there yeah. doing that. And she was like, this is so fun. I love Aww. doing this. So. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. So that yeah. way it's getting collected and I mm-hmm. don't have to do it. So yeah, yeah. And it entertains a seven-year-old to – That's the perfect job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That's good. So the great Dahlia dig is coming. I feel it. I know. I know. Next Are you week, labeled? Yeah. 
we did go through and we labeled everything, like all the okay. one-off. We had less mislabels this year than ever, which was good. But it's more like mm-hmm. the trial patch that you have, like the one and twos, you know. So mm-hmm. Judd's been digging those this week, um, just like the onesie twosies that he can't do with his digger. So while well, we're still doing flowering stuff, That's so good. we're getting there. You guys to go start next week. It's supposed to rain next week. It's supposed to be really no. Rainy we're next not. Week. We typically so we cut for two mm-hmm. weeks and let them sit. Yeah. So we that's our whether we get frost or not. So once I get th- my plan is once we get through this wedding, mm-hmm. we'll cut, let them sit mm-hmm. for two weeks, mm-hmm. and then we'll dig. But I actually something cool the an orchard near us mm-hmm. uh, that sells our flowers is gonna let us store their store our tubers in their cooler. That's They're amazing. Like massive. I know. I cry. I actually cried. That's wonderful. <laughs> I was like because yeah. it's this. It is a huge problem for us. Yeah. And we've – last year, you know, I had them up in my cooler, you know, mm-hmm. and I was running a backup heater because it still can freeze and yeah. it's just a constant worry. And so yeah. they just offered it up to That's us good. and it, whole, it maintains around 40 degrees. So That's perfect. He's like, you can trial a few of them. I'm like, nope, I'm bringing nope. them all. They said we yeah. could divide in their barn. So like <gasps> I'm not going nice. to have to haul. It's It was honestly such a Amazing. blessing. Like it's – it's yes. so amazing. Yeah. Very, That's very grateful good. for that relationship and stuff. So yeah. I offered to pay and they're like, no, just like we're not using it. You guys, we'd love to have you guys Aww. over here to do it. So it was just – it was That's really great. Sweet. It's great timing. and Yeah. yeah. So I'm That's good. very excited about that. Yeah. So. That's very good. Do you have an orchard around you? You don't have to you know, <laughs> schlep those things down the steps? I know. Seriously. Just get, get the Advil out. Just get the Advil out. How long does it take you? <laughs> so just to reference, to tell you guys what yeah. she does, she has like 13,000 dahlias. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they carry them to the basement in crates. Yeah, in crates. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're all we thinking the same thing, Shan. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Dirt through the kitchen. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a complete freaking mess. Yeah. It's, and we hose them. We do hose them first. But still – it's still it's still a nightmare. So yeah. yeah, so I I'm hoping that we can I'm trying to find some like heated barn space or getting some quotes to heat our barn, but it's just so expensive. I don't know what else to do. I mean, we're like at max capacity at this point. You know what I mean? So yeah. we're 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 trying to figure it out. Oh. How long does it take you to carry Well, we do it in batches, down? you know, so like okay. we dig hose down to the basement like in groups. So if we you get like five or six of us all like taking a crate down to the basement mm-hmm. and go, goes faster. <laughs> I think like two years ago, it like sent me into having the flu. Oh, <laughs> I had the flu I for two weeks after. I was just like, I think just worn down and yeah, tired. <laughs> Man, for the but, love of dahlias. Yeah. I know. I need, we need to figure it out. Obviously, that's a pinch point. And when you yeah. see like a pinch point in your business, it's like you have to figure it out. You yeah. know, so. But it's one of those things. It's like the season gets rolling and you're yes. like, yeah, we'll get to it. You know, mm-hmm. it's like building, either building like another cooler for storage or yeah. whatever. Yeah. This one just sort of fell in our lap. So I feel lucky That's about that because that was one of the things we were looking at is to is to build another cooler, which mm-hmm. we're not – I'm not saying we're not going to because we've kind of outgrown the space that we have. And yeah. if we're, fal- we're forcing – tulips in the winter. So we're going to sell for Valentine's Day. That makes a difference. We need space to be able to do that. And Mm -hmm. so anyway. Yeah. And also keeping peonies and dry store Mm -hmm. tulips as low as you can. Yeah. So we sort of need – we have separate needs for our cooler space, especially Mm -hmm. in early spring. So yes, we shall see. But I can see how it slips away from you. But It does. It does. I'll be thinking about you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Notice I'm not offering to drive up and help. That's <laughs> You know what? With the diggers, nice because it at least gets them up top, like on top of the ground. That's true. So it's more like picking them up. And one of my girls is pregnant, very pregnant now. Very. Mm-hmm. So she's going to be like the organizer, the tagger, the mm-hmm. – basically that you know keeping us organized but we're kind of, which is kind of nice because one row is pretty much one variety oh that's so nice. that helps so mm-hmm. you know we're just we're just gonna do it a little bit at a time that's what Judd yeah. says and I have to be I'm kind of like the Judd buffer on the farm is what people call me mm-hmm. so that means like I have to be like okay Judd we've had enough 
Like, because he's like Mr. Go, go, go. Last yeah. year, he was still working at UPS. So he would come home at like, you know, 10 o'clock. We wouldn't get started till like 11. So we worked like 11 to 4, basically. But now he's here at 8 oh, yeah. <laughs> So he's going to be a buffer. Like, rip run, ready to go. So, you know me, I'm like, well, maybe we should just take a day off. You know, <laughs> I'm uh, the girls like when I'm around. Oh, yeah. like, just hold to on, like, you're Chris. just sitting on the tractor seat, man. Yeah, okay? I'm like, you're fine. Get back here. Just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he does good, but I think his dad's going to help us out this year so he can be lifting crates and doing that kind of stuff too. So Very good. Yeah, I not to keep harping on dyes, but no. um, we were switching over to using implements next year with tractors. So I think this is our last year of hand digging. So I'm yes. excited about that. I got Exciting. a tractor this year. Um, yes. And so – we're hoping to get use the a plow like planting method for those, and we're mm-hmm. going to switch everything over to be down in our production field. So oh, good. I'm excited about that because yeah. I think it's going to ramp up our tuber production on mm-hmm. what we're able to you know to able to sell and add some new varieties in, and then yes. you know little less labor intensive because we're really at just like max capacity with mm-hmm. hand digging. We're just a little mm-hmm. over two thousand dahlias. Yeah. That's a lot, you know. Yeah. With, with, digging those out and labeling and moving. And yes, I don't want to do any more than that. So I feel like this is going to allow us to kind of expand because that's been a pinch point for us is just like end of the season, getting everything up out of the ground and not completely burn ourselves out. So yeah. 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 So we'll see. But plus you got tulips to plant. Oh yeah. Tunnels to manage. Ranunculus. Ranunculus to sprout. Yes. (laughs) It don't stop (laughs) ever. (laughs) Christmas wreaths to sling. Christmas wreaths. Yeah. Oh, I can't even think about it. Yeah. I yeah. truly can't. That's okay. We're going to be good. Yeah. What do we What do we always tell ourselves? We always we'll get, through get through it. We always get through it. <laughs> That's a fact, That's man. It. We do. It's a fact. We yep. do, no matter what it is. So, yeah. Okay. So, we have a spill the dirt today? Spilling it. Mm-hmm. A lot of questions on marketing. marketing. Yeah. Yes. So we many. Got a bit on that for a while. No, and we're kind of going into marketing season. You know, mm-hmm. where I feel like the marketing noise gets louder. You know, when we go into Thanksgiving, Christmas, and all those things. So we've been getting lots of questions from you guys on our Instagram at Dirt on Flowers. We get tons of questions in our insiders group that we get to. We work with them once a month on a Zoom call to answer those questions, and in our Facebook group. So we get to work with them there. So we're kind of pulling some of these from a lot of different places, including our Sunday question box on Instagram. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you guys have been doing good. You keep on giving us all the things that you guys want to hear, which is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good we had a us. great Zoom. Last month's Zoom was really yeah. great. A lot of good mm-hmm. questions, a lot of good conversation back and forth. I thought it was probably our best Zoom that we'd had. It was a pretty yes. organic flow to to how it went. So if you're an insider or you're interested in it, you can pop over to mm-hmm. our the dirtonflowers.com. You can join. Or if you are an insider, be sure to check that out. It goes away um, at the very end of the month, I believe, on the 26th. So mm-hmm. um, be sure to give it a yeah. check it out. Yeah. It's a really good group over there. So, Okay. So let's dig into the first question. Um, How do I market my CSA if I'm new in town and haven't established a customer base yet? Okay, a couple things here. And this is just my personal opinion. I give you a 100% kudos for even thinking about um, a CSA year one. Were you crazy enough to have a CSA year one, Lindsay? I did. Yeah, you were. Yeah. I was so, yeah. I was the yeah. one. I had nine the very first year. And okay. like I said, it was all my mom's friends. Yeah. And I was super anxious the whole dang time because I had yes. no idea yeah. what I was actually doing and yes. the pressure whether to you were going to buy flowers. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. So if this is going to be your first year and you are really like super confident that you can provide flowers for a CSA, that's the only thing about a CSA or subscription is that people prepay for them. So that means that exchange of money means that you have to give them something, I guess, or refund them, which I wouldn't want to start out that way. So two things. If you want to move forward and do it that way, I would keep it so small. I would keep it. I mean, I I tell people all the time, like, just start with five people, five, ten people, like whatever you Mm -hmm. really feel comfortable with. And you're going to learn so much within that season, which is really important. Try not to like I would really price it according to how you would price it that you don't want to underprice it because then people are going to be like, 
are not going to like it when you jack the price up later when you finally get your get your legs going and you under start understanding what so I would try to keep it like generally I'm going to charge this but only do it to a smaller amount of people so your personal commitment is smaller. So if and the other is the other which is like more what I did was I I had never really grown flowers on a commercial scale at all ever. So for me it's like I gave myself a year to take pictures put mixed bouquets together. I think I did like a sunflower CSA. I did like straight bunch CSAs the first year I even did them. So I just did a sunflower CSA and a dahlia CSA, I believe. And I had already had one year of knowing that I could grow those things. So where it's going to get hard is that if you're still trying to establish your customer base, we have a really great episode on finding your target market, which will help you kind of like dive in and figure out who it is that you're actually marketing to. So if your CSA is technically is usually a retail, you know, it's a retail outlet where you're getting the full price for your flowers, which is really great. But there's a lot of, of marketing stuff that has to happen to make to make all of that, you know, come to life. So if you do not have customers yet and you haven't grown flowers yet, I think you would just really start to be putting yourself out there. That's where that personal connection piece needs to grow because they're not buying flowers from you because they feel 100% confident you're going to buy flowers. They're, you're going to be able to produce the flowers. They actually are buying flowers because they like you and they want to support mm-hmm. you. So that's I would really start putting it out there. And this goes for anybody who's brand new. But you need to give people a reason to start wanting to connect with you. Because they can get flowers anywhere, but why are they going to buy them from you? So for me, I think step one would be start establishing some type of personal connection with people who want to support you. And that's collecting email addresses for your newsletter so that when you have your CSA, and even you could even wait till closer to time and be like, you're seeing, okay, I actually have stuff growing. I think I'm going to have stuff blooming in two weeks. You say, hey guys, I'm so excited. I My flowers are blooming. I've put so much hard work into this and I would like to offer a four weeks CSA, six weeks, whatever you feel the most comfortable with. And you don't have to, it doesn't always have to be this thing that you sell at Christmas time for then it to come in July. So take that mm-hmm. pressure off yourself too. So if you like to me, I like want to visually see that I have what I'm saying that I have. So it just depends on like your level of risk and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I think too, if you're new to an area, a great way is to just go find a place that you like to shop. So mm-hmm. uh, that feels on brand for you. And mine would be like, a bakery or a real mm-hmm. cutesy coffee shop or a real neat boutique that's in town and you know drop off business cards meet the business owner and just talk about like what you have going on and um, you know see if there'll be a, a pickup location or see if you can you know you can go on canva I just did it today I'm making some tags for some upcoming Christmas stuff and so I went on canva I made a postcard I printed it on what did I print it on? Vistaprint. Mm-hmm. And you could make a brochure. They even have templates on straight on Vistaprint that you could make that's about your farm and your CSA and a little about you and what they would get. And just see if they'll let you put that out. And um, you know, if you're new in town, it's all about networking. It's all yeah. about getting yourself out of your comfort zone, talking about your business and who you are and what you have to offer and really just like selling it. I'm trying to think what else. Oh, you know, any of your visitor bureau stuff is mm-hmm. great. Um, if you're if you have kids, you know, moms groups. I know those Facebook mom groups. They seem kind of crazy. Yeah, they seem very response. Crazy is probably not. I shouldn't say that. Well, they seem we're all a little intense. crazy. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> but they're a not a group. group. Yeah, they they share a lot of stuff. They talk yes. about a lot of things. That's a if nicer you, way to put it. If you do good with them. They're going to tell everybody. They're chatty. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll say, yeah. oh my gosh, so-and-so did this. They're like people who mm-hmm. like refer. Oh, That's like a group that's always like looking for referrals, you know, like, oh, I'm yeah. looking for this. And they're always willing to share. So that's a great group. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that's a good way because, you know, I think the tips too, they're all great about like you're saying, sharing yourself mm-hmm. and getting people to know you. But it's like you got to think about how to get in front of those people to get them to your social media, to mm-hmm. drive them to your website, to then get on your email list, you know. So lots of, you know, look at joining a the farmer's market if you have, mm-hmm. you know, if you have one or whatnot. But it's just like always looking at it as a way to like get yourself in front of new people to get that customer mm-hmm. base established. It just takes time. It's honestly, mm-hmm. it's it is. such I- an annoying answer yeah. because – 
you know, if you're new in town and you feel like, you know, I'm lost. I mean, joining volunteer groups, like, and mm-hmm. if there's a, sometimes they have garden clubs, that's another great one. You know, you can join a garden club just to get yourself, or just offer to speak at a garden club is another, another one. Um, they're my, they're my homies. I know Shannon has some garden club woes, but they are my <laughs> <I> besties. <do. laughs> I love them. I love them. But, um, yeah, just so, you know, find whatever works for you and it's just getting you to meet new people and, telling not being afraid come up with that like elevator speech you know that pitch about like give me your 30 seconds about or 10 seconds about what it is that you do and who you are Mm -hmm. and help you kind of establish that new customer base but yep yeah i agree 100 percent. it's a good question it never happens fast enough just remember that yeah it never happens like fast enough for what you want i mean Mm -hmm. it just just takes time and then it yeah it kind of keeps on rolling so yeah Okay. We had somebody write in and say, I have an event in two weeks. So how do I go about starting to market it and then creating a marketing, like how to create a marketing runaway? Well, so I typically start and this is whether I'm doing like a sunset you pick or I have a wreath workshop or a launch, whether I'm doing anything. I start it one month before. So I'm already kind of trying to grease the wheel, get them excited. And we actually talk about that a little bit in, uh, in Kaylin's episode. She talks mm-hmm. about creating a marketing launch and we've, we've talked bits about it too in the insiders. But um, I set up a really 30 days before at least, depending on if it's a really big event, I might start teasing it out like those flower fest and dahlia fest and those things that like we we're talking about those like sometimes six mm-hmm. weeks in advance or two months, like just to get it in their like in their mind that they've heard it. I always start with, especially if I'm running an event, I start with creating a Facebook event or something. Um, I like to do that 30 base- days before. It's free. And I have found recently that Facebook is really where my local people are. I know you've kind of said the same thing too, right, Shan? Yes, yeah. I agree. And I'm still posting on Instagram. I'm still engaged in doing those things, but I really feel like my local people right now that where I, I'm seeing the biggest return on social media is on Facebook. So I create an event and then I continue. One important piece with Facebook creating an event is not just creating an event and then letting it go stagnant. It's actually engaging weekly on that event. So like anybody that says they're interested or they're following or they're coming to the event, they get an update when you post in there. So it could be something like, oh, we just booked this food vendor, you know, or you have like, this is the schedule of events for the Flower Fest day. So constantly re-engaging that Facebook event. It's free. You can boost it if you want. I have for really big events, but I've it's very minimal. Like I boost like 50 bucks or something, mm-hmm. yeah. um, but not very often. It's just for my really big ones that I'm trying to pull, you know, 1,500 people to if I can. So backing out, I create a Facebook group. I'm engaging in it. And then I start to do email and social media trickles like three to four weeks before the launch date of my ticket sales. Okay. So like if I'm, I'm hosting a workshop, I'm talking about that workshop because when I release those tickets, I want it to be a sellout. I want it to go super fast. So we, I use this method, let's use for like wreath workshops, for example, and we'll sell out four wreath workshops 50 tickets each in a matter of 24 hours. And that's because we're doing all of this prep work. You're getting excited. We're talking about we went and bought ribbon and we, you know, you're hyping that whole FOMO feeling up so that when those tickets, you know, go on sale, they want to grab them immediately because they don't want to miss it. The week of the ticket launch, I will typically send out two emails. Depending on what's going on, it might even be three. And it's specific to that event or like a reminder. So I'll send like, let's say one email early in the week that says like, hey, don't forget, set your alarms. The tickets are going on sale Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And then, you know, just talking more about the details of the workshop. And then I might send more details in like a Wednesday or Thursday email. And then I always send one the day of the launch so that they they know like tickets are on sale because I would have I've also found, and I just 
ran into this recently with my CSA is that I did my CSA early bird sale. Once you sell, I'm air quoting, but it's there shouldn't be air quotes. Once you're selling directly on Facebook, they throttle you back. They want engagement. They want you to be engaged and in conversation. So the more you're selling and pushing, the less that's going to be shown and through the algorithm and then the feed. It's maddening. So that's where that's where email marketing becomes very a solid, you know, a very solid place to go because you're going to hit their inbox whether you're selling to them or not. And so that really the trick to having this work and having it, you know, go off and be a sellout is making sure they have all of the information that they need, you know, up to that point. They're not confused about where it is, when it is, what to bring, what are they going to get? They know all of this and they're ready to buy when that final email comes off. So that's a really that's a big process. And actually, Kaylin talks about in her episode, I'll, I'll search through, we'll get that for you because I don't know what, I can't remember what number that is, but she talks about it in that that whole kind of trickle phase of how you launch something out. But just if, you know, if you're starting and you're two weeks out, I would say back it up another two weeks and give yourself a little bit more time to sort of grease that wheel and really get them excited for your event um, and opportunity to, to not want to miss it. So- mm-hmm. I completely yeah. agree with all that. 100%. Yeah. You do it very similar, right? Very similar process. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is I've always really, it's always bothered me. Like, I don't want to feel salesy. I don't want to feel like I'm constantly like beating the sales drum. So I think for me, like the secret sauce is sharing everything except for the sale. You know, mm-hmm. it's the excitement. This is what we're doing. This is the behind the scenes. Why, why, like, if just talking about CSA, why it means something, why, what it means to us when you purchase something in the off season. Um, so it's like all of that talking. And then when you do go to hit them with the sales, like they're ready for it, they've already bought into wanting to support you. And I think um, that is like really, that's really the key, you know, the language around it. And you guys can go look at our, our posts. Um, and go, you know, use some of the verbiage that we use because we're always really trying to like in a sales post, even finding like cute and small connection points and stuff in that too. So like speaking mm-hmm. to your customers' obstacles, you know, why oh, it, like just like even like can't make it to the farm because a lot of people say, oh, I'm too far away from the farm. Well, we have pickup points. So like really like making different posts surrounding all of those, all of the obstacles that you hear for your, well, for the thing that you're trying to sell. So, and that's what it really is. You're just trying to meet the customer's needs. So I think talking through that is is really good. And it's just what, what, when it feels salesy is when it's like, bam, 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 like four days ahead of this launch. And it feels like it came out of nowhere. It's Mm -hmm. like the slow progression is what I think is like when you're slowly warming people up to something. You know, yeah. and plus in social media, we're in the world where they're only seeing like 20% of our stuff. That's high, actually. You know, mm-hmm. so you have to, you, you can't feel like you just can put it out once and they're going to know it's happening. That's where that combination of social and email is so important. And that's why you should be collecting emails. And that's why we should be staying present and engaging on social too. So to me, it's a, it's a combo, you know, which is really, mm-hmm. which is really important. So Kaylin's episode is episode 45. And we talk a lot about just like creating the hype, you know, and it doesn't have to be something big. It can be something small, you know. So um, I think just we've all been in, in that spot where it's like, holy cow, I have my date night you pick and I haven't said a, a freaking word to anybody about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and me, I get complacent sometimes when I'm like, I know that I've sold tickets for it. But really, and then I get mad at myself because, oh, man, I had like three more tickets to sell this. I could have pushed it, but really I was just like letting it naturally come. And I'm like, I really I really should have stepped back and made a better effort at selling this. So you don't want to be caught with your with your pants, pants down. down. I get, yeah. Yeah. So for me, like what it looks like is, and this is super simple, a cheap yearly calendar writing out my events and it, it has its own calendar so like then 30 days ahead of that I'm like start marketing my wreath workshop or whatever and then I just use that it's not something that's in like in my google calendar is so cluttered with like orders oh, yeah. and like other things so if you just have something dedicated to marketing 
it would be really fun. So like usually I have one calendar that's like marketing and it has like my order deadlines, like order the tulips or order, you know, and that's kind of like for me personally, since I'm generally the only one touching those things that that works. So find what works for you, but just don't let it get lost in the noise. Yeah. And it's, it, it happens. And, you know, sometimes that's been an indicator for me that I've got too much going on. Yeah. When I, when I feel like I'm really, you know, in season, I'm like, man, I've got you pick farmer's market, workshops, you know, all these things. And Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where I've been able to, to recognize even for myself where I needed to cut back a little bit, but yeah, yeah, I think that's Mm -hmm. a, it's a good good yeah. place. And the season is such like a, a water hose. You know what I mean? It's just like trying oh, to drink yeah. from it. It's like there's so many things going on to sell. So that's mm-hmm. where – and we're going to talk about this a little bit next, but that's where like having those content pillars will keep you really not like t- just doing the sales pitch all the time because you're mm-hmm. rotating through those content pillars. So that kind of leads into our next question, which is I own a small storefront and a pick farm. How do I balance my social media? So um, that's a very good question. And I think this really, in my opinion, because we all have you, this is the two facets to your business, but we all have a lot of different facets to our business, florists and weddings and pick and all that kind of stuff. So we're all dealing with a trying to sell multiple things and how we balance or which one gets attention at one time is hard. So for us, I know we have talked about this before. Do we have an episode on the content pillars or did we do that in the insiders? We did it in the insiders. Insiders. Yeah. We've ta- I mean, we've, we've touched we've talked on it through it. some of the episodes, but yeah, it's up in the insiders. Yeah. So for me, I would just recommend getting your four to five content pillars. So a content pillar is just like an overarching category for content and you rotate through those things. So you, so you're not, you know, beating the same drum all the time. So for you, it might be your storefront. Maybe it's like what's happening in the store today. And then the next one will be, you know, highlighting things going on in your pick, And then the next one will be like a personal touch or a funny story, inspiration. So like, for us, ours generally are flower stand, markets, personal, business, a, a part of it, small part of it's dirt on flowers because, you know, some of my Bloom Hill people are also dirt on flowers people. So that's kind of a content pillar mm-hmm. that we like to share and be a part of. So I would try to come up with those categories for you and then rotate through them. And so it's like, okay, yesterday I shared something personal and now I need to share something, you know, related to what's going on in the store or something behind the scenes of the store or something. So there's lots of different ideas and what works best for me in particular is I typically utilize Trello for a lot of my brainstorming sessions. But if you get your content pillars up, just brainstorm like different things you can talk about within that category and you will really surprise yourself. Mm -hmm. And then you can go back to that for some different inspiration when, when you need it. Yeah. And I think the best too is like bring your personality into that because you Mm -hmm. mentioned this earlier about marketing. It's like your personality is what people are buying, Mm -hmm. the reason people are buying. So the secret sauce. Yeah. It's like Mm -hmm. if you're really into memes, like, you know, make some reels with memes because I think I follow some funny accounts that are, you know, like that and they bring that in. It's like, you know, I have like an inspiration humor category. And some Mm -hmm. of this is just like, I'm driving and thinking of the most ridiculous stuff or I do something in my own behaviors. And I'm like, oh, I just want to mock that. Most of the time I'm making fun of myself in some Mm -hmm. form or fashion. Um, You know, I always talk about how much I hate laundry and it's like a legit thing and people bond, you know, my customers are, you know, they, (laughs) they think it's great because they, they do too. So there's just funny ways that don't even have anything to do with flowers that people get to know you by and can really kind of like help balance that out. But yep, those are great. So we had two questions too, that I'm going to piggyback on in this last one. So the next one was how to come up with content for your email subscribers which is also kind of like content building for social. Yeah. And yeah. then the other was like, how are we collecting? Like, how do you begin even collecting emails? Like that's one we've gotten a few mm-hmm. times too. So I can, can touch on both of those. Yeah. But for me with email subscribers, I I keep a list on my phone and I sort of do something similar with as far as um, seasonally. I'm always thinking about like what – do my email subscribers want to hear? And for me, it's a place that is just a little bit more personal. They, I share a little bit more personal thing on my email list than I do with my with my um, social pages. And it's because I feel like 
it's almost like a not a diary entry. I joke and say it is, but it's it's like I'm writing to a to someone. I always have someone in mind when I'm sitting down to write an email. Um, typically, you know, my my ideal customer of you know it feels more personal, I guess, when I'm writing that down. So I go through and I have a list of stuff. I have it on my phone. I have a piece of paper that's actually sitting beside me, um, and we've shared content ideas in the insiders. We have them in there that we've shared um, with them, like some writing prompts or things. But, you know, I'm looking at like, what can I teach them? What can I tell them? Is there something maybe about the industry that's unique? And so I've wrote an email every week for years now, and it is always timely to the season. I always think about it as sort of like a farm update, like what's going on in the farm. If we have something you know, that I want to share with them. The most important thing with, in my opinion, with an email list is not like you said, Shan, selling at them all Mm -hmm. the time. You want to connect. They don't want to just open an email and, you know, be sold to. They know that's what's going to happen when Patagonia sends them an email. You know, every time they get that, I'm like, all right, there's something. Oh, I I unsubscribe from that thing. Yeah, I don't have Old Navy. (laughs) But... Dollar General, on the oh, other hand, no, what? I'm kidding, <laughs> I'm joking. I, I'm not on their email list. That's great. Oh, that's so funny. Um, but you need a Dollar General coupon code, or something. I like a. Oh, you mean like a, yes. like a referral code? Yes, yes. So like, oh, tell them Lindsay good... sent you. So... <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> I'm going to ask him tonight. I'm you should. ask her over there. We're first name basis at DG, you know. <laughs> Old Walmart's three miles away, but it's too far. But anyway, so how the, what the heck was I even talking I about? I don't even know. I'm sorry. Oh, it's okay. All the promotional emails. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, DG promotional emails. So, yeah, I mean, talk about your story and how mm-hmm. you got started and – Something funny that happened this week. If you have employees, you can introduce your team. I mean, it's literally anything. And so I'll think of things as I'm, you know, going through. Sometimes for me, and again, this is not for everybody, but a part of what really who I am as a person is I have, you know, I I am looking at it from an inspirational standpoint. I look at farming that way. I look at my life that way. So it's been a big part of me is my personal journey and you know where you whether you want to call it inspiration self help whatever but i get to share a bit of that in my newsletter tulip gate this spring when i lost 17,000 tulips if you're new here go back and listen to tulip gate it, that was an opportunity for me to connect with my customer to to educate them about farming mm-hmm. because really on a big commercial scale, they just don't know what that means, you know? And so it's just been a really, you know, to me, that's always looking for content. Like I heard one time, like everything's content, Mm -hmm. you know, where you're like recording something. If you think about if you're a small business, everything's content really. And Mm -hmm. you can kind of think of your email list as the same thing. Has there been, have there been weeks that I sat down? I'm like, what the heck is it going to be this week? There has been. There <laughs> oh, have yeah. there of course. There have been weeks that way, but I really try to keep it relevant for, you know, educating them and then again just sort of priming that like if we have something coming up, we've got wreath season coming up and yeah. what does that look like and we're selling mm-hmm. tulip bulbs and mm-hmm. all those things. So, I think and maybe we're just in our own way a lot of times like our own mental blocks with the newsletter. Like I we get that a lot. We like we I have a newsletter but I have no idea what to write, you know. And sometimes we like always think that it just has to be this perfect like little package of like you know, I the ideal style writing and really when really you should just be writing how you talk. And yeah. well, I mean, with some punctuation, though. I mean, yeah, you know, we all, bit. yeah, right. <laughs> it needs to be grammatically correct, but you can still have your own your own twang on it, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that's sure. really important. So it's just finding what feels comfortable to you. And for me, like sometimes, if I sit down and be like, "What in the heck?" Like some days, I'm like, I know exactly what I'm going to talk about because this one funny story happened, and it was just like perfect or like I have like a note in my notes app where I just take notes on things like 
funny, something funny that Judd said or like, or something somebody said that resonated to me or sometimes Mm -hmm. because customers like want to hear other customers' experiences on things. So sometimes I'll share something like that. So if something comes up to mind, you know, just, just write it down Mm because otherwise you're going to be like, what the heck, you know, or sometimes I'll be like, Hey, to the employees or to Judd, I'll be like, give me some ideas about what I should write about because other people see your farm in in different ways. They see it through different eyes. So like, well, mm-hmm. why don't you talk about like that, that time when, I don't know, when you ran out of flowers or what, whatever, like what, some type of obstacle it doesn't always have to be this perfect, this perfect thing. You know, people yeah. want to see others with imperfections because everybody's imperfect and it's okay. Like mm-hmm. I really try to make it a place where we share wins, losses, where we share it all, not at all, yeah. but you know, yeah. a lot of it. Yeah. So and that's okay. So th- the second that I flipped that switch with my newsletters and really made it a priority for it to be weekly, this that's the second I started getting comments about my newsletter. That was so fun. Or they'll be like, oh my gosh, like, mm-hmm. you know, that little Maddie of yours is so funny or, you know, stuff like that. So yeah. it's just, it's just nice. And and now they're, now they're connecting in different ways. So and they will share it with other people. Mm-hmm. They do. That's another thing that happens. And I've, you know, we've, we had people that came to the Flower Fest from three hours away because of my email newsletter. And that to yeah. me was just mind blowing. You know, she said, I can't look at my butter container without thinking of you because <laughs> I made a, I commented on how OCD I am about my butter container. And it was like this whole thing. And they connected with it and mm-hmm. they, re- it resonated with them. And, and so it was just like, it was just cute. You know, I appreciated it. And it was like, oh, people actually do read this. <laughs> they do. Yeah. They, they do. love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recipes. Yeah. That's another thing. So I, I um, like Lori Hernandez, she mm-hmm. like in the wintertime, Lori shifts to baking and I love it. Like I love reading it. Yeah. I haven't made a damn thing she's ever posted, <laughs> but it makes, this is honest to God, this makes me feel cozy inside to yeah. read like somebody's newsletter and they're baking because I'm like, maybe someday. But I have like a couple times, like last year, I'm always joking, like, you know, I'm sort of a just not a, I'm not a Susie homemaker. You yeah. Know? I'm not, yeah. I might make, I mean, I, I uh, cook well enough to stay alive. Sure. Um, but it's not like it's my, it's not what somebody would say I'm it's good not your at. passion. It's not my passion, but mm-hmm. I do like to do it when I'm mm-hmm. slow. Yeah, it's slow. And so, but I, my newsletter, people know this about me. It gets like trickled in about my personality, right? Mm-hmm. Like they just imagine me this like <laughs> Wendy's eating mount laundry mountain person, which is not true, but that's like how I play it up. Yes. And so I kicked out a recipe. I made something from scratch and I kicked out a recipe. So it just became this really funny part of the story. And so that's like, fun. if that's something that you if you mm-hmm. love to bake or, you know, you do sourdough or you're passionate about chickens or whatever the thing is, people want to hear that. They want to learn about it. And I'm a perfect example of somebody that like you can put a recipe out and, you know, I have it probably saved in my inbox somewhere thinking mm-hmm. like I'm going to make it, but uh, it still gives feel good feelings to people. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I didn't hit on that email collection. What's, Mm. do you have, give some thoughts on, I have a few ideas, but like collecting emails of where do you start? Where would Mm your beginning point be? Well, for me, I have, I collect emails a couple different ways at the farmer's market or at the market. Um, You can create a simple QR code. Okay. So, okay. I'm going to take like a few steps back. You should have a, a website and an email service provider that allows you to link and embed a pop up when somebody comes to your email or comes to your website where it, if they're a first time visitor, it'll pop up and be like, would you like to hear more from us? I promise I won't spam you. It's just fun stories or you, there's all different kinds of like ways that you can create that little pop up, but it's so easy with sometimes people wait, we're way over complicating it or we think it's a lot harder than it has to be. But mm-hmm. the basics are, is that your email service provider can provide you a pop up embed code that you would put in your website code. And it's easy, yeah. right, Lens? Yeah, it's super simple. It is very yeah. easy. And so that allows, that gives you a place or a place on your website where they can connect with you, a link that just says newsletter. And then if they click that, then they can enter their email address and their first name, last name, whatever it is that you want, but make that easy. 
so where they can enter it and you can start collecting their emails. And then everything you can do can drive right to that spot. So for me at the market, it's a QR code that goes right to my newsletter link that says, hey, connect with us and enter your name and your email address. That's also in my link in my profile on Instagram. So if you click my link tree, you can sign up for the newsletter. So sometimes when I'm talking or promoting something, I'll be like, click the link in my bio and go sign up for our newsletter if you want to be the first to know. If you want to be the first to know when die YouTubers are coming out, when you want to be the first to know everything, that's where where you get the behind the scenes access, all of that kind of stuff. So everything I do then funnels people to that spot where I can eventually collect their email address. So, and when I first got started, it was really simple. Like sometimes I had basic list where people handwrite their emails and that's okay too. Are you coming back and having to input them manually? Yes, but it's a good start. You just have to mm-hmm. have to put a focus on on collecting it to begin with. Yeah. That's step one. Have a collection, <laughs> have a spot where you can be collecting it. And then you can move into like the next level would be like creating a lead magnet or something on your site where people have to enter their email address. A super simple one would be like, hey, here's my top five cut flower care tips. When you when you buy flowers from me, go check out this, this to get this download to learn how you can take better care of them. And they're going to have to enter their email address for that download. That's like the next level. So, mm-hmm. but we have to get the basics down first. Um, and I think that like first part is where people either think it's way harder than it actually is and don't do it or that's like the missed piece, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, we could we could probably talk forever about how to get that stuff going, but it's so simple. It does not have to be hard. Do you agree, Lens? I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And we're actually in the insiders. Mm-hmm. We're going to be giving you a behind the scenes of MailChimp mm-hmm. and a behind the scenes of Flowdesk. So I use MailChimp. Shan use, uses Flowdesk. Mm-hmm. And that's the email carrier that we're talking about. And the reason we're telling you to get that is because if you have email subscribers, they have to be able to unsubscribe for your email list. So you can't just say, you know, honeyboobooforms at gmail.com and then collect the emails and yeah. send them out to them that way. So I actually have, there's a massage therapist in town that has me on an email list and I cannot unsubscribe from it. Oh my it makes God. me crazy. Yeah. So I can't, so I have to like figure out how to block, but I'm like, I get, <laughs> and it's nonstop. Like I have an appointment available and I'm like, I haven't been there in like a decade, yeah. oh, you know, oh. I don't even, yeah. yeah. So that you have to have your customer be able to unsubscribe. So those are two like very basic things. But if it becomes a priority for you to like grow that list and, you know, we could – the whole lead magnet thing is a, is a piece that we could, could talk about. We have talked about it in mm-hmm. some of our Zooms and different like fun ways to have lead magnets to your website. But if you use a website platform like Squarespace, I know you use WordPress, I think. Mm-hmm. So we both use different things. But – there's a lot of, especially with Squarespace, they're meant to be like a DIY approach. And so there's so many options to help like with videos. It's very simple. And there's people there available if you you know have a purchase paid plan through them to help you link all that stuff up very easily. So yeah, yeah that would be mm-hmm. definitely getting them as the easiest way um, yes. just through the website. But and hey, w- one more thing, because I, we get a lot of questions and stuff. And I think so many people get blocked up thinking that the tech stuff is like way more difficult than it really is. So I just want to be like your tough love best friend to tell you that there's literally a YouTube tutorial for everything out there. If you can't figure it out for whatever reason, you like need to get a little tougher and you (laughs) need to go, go figure it out. Like literally everything that I have learned has been because I've had enough grit to keep going and trying to find the answer. So mm-hmm. these things I promise are easy. If you don't know, go the next step. There's lots of tutorials. Lindsay and I are doing so much brainstorming about the off season. Like how can we create these video tutorials for you guys to help you out? So it really is like, please, please, please. Like we, this has to be like a real business. So we really mm-hmm. need to treat it that way. If we want to make money, be profitable, all of those good things. So we can't be hung up by some of these simple things. You just need to go forth. Yeah. And get yeah. it figured out, right? Yeah. And if yeah. you can't, just go find a millennial. That's what That's I do. Right. <laughs> I just am like, 
Emily. Emily. Come help. here. Yeah, come here. Hello. I am currently taking I like I have reached the age that I am taking black photos of the inside of my pocket with my phone. I'm like, I just like pull my phone. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, I am taking blurry photos of just nothing. And I'm oh like, Oh my gosh. What? I am at that. That's where I am, people. This is just I can't like it's like getting your mom's phone, you know. Like yes. my mom's phone. I'm like, what, what in the hell that? is that of? You know, like <laughs> that's where I am. So if you can't find someone just yes. a bit younger, but no, really, she, what yeah. Shannon's saying is right. There's a lot of information out there to keep it, and you just have to keep plowing forward, mm-hmm. and and you will. You'll figure it out. Yep. It's, uh, and you'll be so dang proud of yourself once you do. Yeah. This is really so not official. that hard. Just tell yourself, yeah, tell yourself it's not that hard. It figure it out. It really, it really, it okay. really isn't. And we're just not saying that. These are like two people that have figured it out. Yeah, somehow. And it's not like our wheelhouse. Like we're not naturally inclined to be no. doing this kind of stuff, you know. So, no. you if I could figure it. out QuickBooks, you guys, hundred anything. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I just wrote DG referral code down on my notes, so <laughs> to get. That- <laughs> get that up and going oh so. my gosh yeah you yeah should. i love it and tell them so. once you sent you appalachian <laughs> I, I love that i get tagged in that stuff I oh my gosh the dollar general i i the I smell i don't even know <laughs> like why does well, you must have funny? a really terrible one <laughs> you must have one of those that like nobody would go to because there are particular Possibly. ones there's Good ones okay. and not so good ones. Yeah. The one near me, when you come it's down, we'll, I'll take you. We'll get yeah. you something. Yeah, get okay. you a little t-shirt or something. Oh, they get got t-shirts t-shirt. there. <laughs> oh, yeah, mine has clothes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Goodness. We have clothes, no vegetables. So whatever. Got it. Yeah. So anyway, okay. we love hanging with you guys. Yeah. Sincerely. It's so mm-hmm. fun. I just, uh, when I, some of you message me, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, they listen. You know, there'll be people that like. <laughs> They, you know, you'll send me messages and I'm thinking yeah. like, I didn't even know these people listen. Who's, li- I can't believe you actually listen sometimes. But anyway, <laughs> we are so glad that we, that you do. We hope that you love this episode and, you know, learn just something like a little takeaway, whether some of this you're like, yeah, I already know this. It's a good refresher or a good reminder that you needed to update your lead magnet today. We're just happy that you listen in and, and join us each week. So if you love what you're hearing, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you get notified when we pop up new episode every Friday. And we do love hearing from you over on Instagram. So if you have an episode idea, and some of you have said, wrote in and say like, oh, it's the Sunday question box and I forget the question. I always had it during the episode. If you're listening and you have a question or a comment, just shoot it to us in the, you know, shoot us a DM and we we keep it in the queue. It helps us come up with episode ideas or to give us feedback. We love it. So at Dirt on Flowers and let us know what you want to hear. And we thank you guys so much for being here. And we love that we get to ride along with you to grow your farms. And as always, we'll see you the same time, same place next week. 